You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to this edition of our RSAC 365 podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Casey Zirkus, Senior Content Manager with RSA Conference. And once again, we're looking at threat modeling as we have been throughout the month of August. Today, we're talking about using the DIP method with my guest, Tanisha Turner. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners that here at RSAC, we host podcasts twice a month, and I encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review us on your preferred podcast app so that you can be notified when new tracks are posted. And now I'd like to ask Tanisha to take a moment to introduce herself before we dive into today's topic. Tanisha, over to you. Thank you, Casey, for having me as a guest here on this wonderful podcast with RSAC. Hello, listeners. I am Tanisha L. Turner. I'm I'm a senior security QA engineer at Elastic, and I have over 10 plus years of cyber experience. Um, I speak on a lot of different speaking engagements. My specialization is threat hunting, malware analysis, and reverse engineering. And with that being said, um, I'll turn it over to you, Casey. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I don't know, I I am one of those people that everything makes me think of song lyrics. So when I was, you know, dealing with the title of this podcast, I'm sure it'll be no surprise to you that I have found myself repeatedly singing when I dip, you dip, we dip. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) So I need you to stop that earworm for me. And uh, maybe let's start by having you explain what is the dip method, which is obviously not a dance move. <laughs> oh, I love it. But And that's actually a good way for, for people to understand and, and apply the dip method when you think about it. When I think of threat modeling, I come up with the dip method because it's easier to work with any threat model, what you're doing, dip means detect, identify, protect, and prevent which is essential in what you're using when you're using with threat modeling and in threat intelligence. You're detecting threats, you're identifying those threats, you're protecting your assets, and you're preventing these assets against these threats. So that is what the DIP method is. I love it. So maybe if you can expand on that a little bit, I know you touched on the word essential. Can you tell us why threat modeling is an essential process and who should be involved in that threat modeling process? Threat modeling is essential for businesses. Um, not only um, I say businesses and, and for sovereign practitioners. And I mean, I'm not going to restrict it to just business practices. But threat modeling and um, threat modeling is essential because threat modeling provides us a sense of structure. When we have a structured approach to combat these threats and identify these threats, then that's where threat modeling comes into play. Threat modeling is about you analyze um, your assets, you analyze your resources, and then you come up with ways to combat these threats. When you think of the threat intelligence, now threat intelligence comes into play because that's when you're analyzing, you're doing more of a defensive and a proactive approach versus threat modeling where you have more of a structured approach where you're coming up in a plan of action to where you're you're putting all this information together and you're organizing and you're coming up with a plan to execute, to combat the threats and to protect your assets. So I am still working through my own understanding of the difference between threat modeling and threat intelligence. And it sounds like what you're saying is the threat intelligence is what feeds that structure of threat modeling, or am I off guard there? 
You're not off guard at all. Threat intelligence plays a crucial role in in the threat modeling for organizations because when you when you're doing with with threat intelligence, you're providing up to date information on emerging threats and and attack techniques and vulnerabilities. And what you're doing with threat intelligence is you're understanding the attacker's motivations and techniques in order to have a a plan of action and in order to have an effective way of combating threats and to build a threat modeling approach to it. Then you have to understand what the motivations and attack mechanisms that these attackers are using. And so threat intelligence is part of threat modeling. It, it enhances the effectiveness of threat modeling. So, so when we think of threat modeling, we're extracting information, we're extracting data, and we're extracting information from threat intelligence. So that's how threat modeling and threat intelligence play hand on hand. And that's what, that's what we're getting from, if that makes sense. So they're different, but they work hand in hand. Exactly. They they work hand, hand in hand. And with threat intelligence, what's important to practitioners is you have threat scenarios and you, you have risk assessments, you identify vulnerabilities, then you come up with a proactive approach um, to security in order in order to come combat and, and, and provide solutions to defeat these threats. So that's that's what you're doing in threat intelligence. And when you, you take that same information from threat intelligence and then you come up with an organized plan of action with threat modeling and that's what we call threat modeling as being more of a structured approach because what you're doing with threat modeling you're taking information that you've obtained from threat intelligence and whether you're looking at software or whether you're using it in the software development lifecycle which is another entity in itself then you're taking that same information from threat intelligence and you're using threat modeling to evaluate it and set an overview to look at it hand in hand on how how you can better secure and provide security um, and and, and combat these threats in, in your organization or business. So that's that's why we say it goes hand in hand. Threat modeling does, but and threat intelligence goes hand in hand. So let's bring it back to the dip and uh, maybe talk us through how to dip. <laughs> and uh, at what point does threat intelligence become implemented into this threat modeling dip method um, in order to identify threat behavior? Okay, sure. With the threat intelligence, now when you talk about the DIP, the first step is detection, which is the D portion of DIP. We have to detect these type of threats, and, and we can detect these type of threats whether we're using open source um, threat intelligence, where we're, we're we're using techniques such as social engineering, where, whether we're using different types of tools, which is one of the one of the main methods that we use in in identifying threats. And the detection capabilities can include um, various tools such as a SIM, which is a security information and, and, and invention management system, or XCR, extended detection and response tool. We use the detection capabilities from different types of tools, whether it's to detect um, the type of threat behavior. And there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. Now we can even use it with um, AI models, which is becoming AI and ML modeling is becoming an even um, a more popular mechanism that we're using to identify these type of threats. Because when we have a lot of different threats, such as advanced persistent threats, which is tricky because it's, it's more of an advanced way that attackers use to, to evade detection. So we have to be proactive and use a lot of different detection 
using um, capabilities in order to identify these threats. So, so when you think about that's that's the first part of the DIP method is we use detection, and detection could be of various methods which a lot of times we use detection, which is usually in, in tools. And then after the detection part comes, the first thing we do, we want to identify these threats. And the way we can identify these threats, we can identify it through various mechanisms, such as vulnerability scanning. And vulnerability scanning, there are various tools, and, and, and it's not, there's, there's not such a one-size method fits all, because depending on the organization and depending on the assets of that organization, some people, will, you can use open source tools, and then some people use vendor-based tools, but um, vulnerability scanning is, is one, one method that we use for identifying any type of threats. And Part of vulnerability scanning, where, where we're scanning, whether we're scanning for um, web um, vulnerabilities or whether we're scanning for any other assets vulnerabilities, such as open ports. We, there's a lot of different ways that we can scan for vulnerabilities. Uh, uh, one of the methods that I want to point out with vulnerabilities that is very, very important and it's very crucial, this comes actually with web um, and detection and, and, and coding, is code analysis. We have static analysis, security testing, and then we have dynamic application security and testing. These two methods are really essential in when we call code analysis and, and vulnerabilities. And, and that, that helps us to prevent a lot of different exploits, especially when one things attackers do, which is so sophisticated, is that they identify any type of code flaws. And if there, if we have code flaws in software or whether in our web, web browsers or web browsers are on the company site, then uh, it's easy for a, an attacker to exploit that and and apply um, exporting techniques such as SQL ejection and cross-site scripting. So code analysis and is essential to identification. It feels to me like that once you identify the threat through this code analysis, that's when you can actually apply like that threat model to see how that threat could be exploited. Is that Yes, you can. I mean, once you identify what these um, threats are, then you can come up with more of a threat modeling approach. Depending on the organization, depending on the environment, there's going to be different methods of identifying these threats. So yes, that that is one step, and that that's the purpose of threat modeling too. And when you identify the type of vulnerabilities and you identify and you assess the type of risk that you have on your assets, then you can come up with, with a threat uh, modeled approach, or what we call a structured approach um, for threat modeling. And one thing I wanted to add as far as identification too is risk assessment. And, and when identification comes with risk assessment, you can categorize the types of risk as far as whether they're high impact risk and medium or whether they're low. That's another thing that you um, do as far as in identification is identifying the type of um, risk that you have and identifying it and you can categorize those type of risk and and in that way you can determine what impact if those environments were were exploited or if they were infiltrated what impact does it have on the business and organization so that's one component i did want to include in identification and so then the value in doing that is because you're not going to do a threat modeling process for each risk, right? And so you're assessing those risks and determining the highest risks so that you can then do the threat modeling process against those? You do want to... Uh 
identify the highest risk. But uh, as I said, even the medium risk and the low risk are still part of that. It's, it's not just identifying and focusing on the high risk. I mean, your threat model should include all the risk, whether it's high, medium, or low. But you do Got focus it. on the high risk first, but that's just part of it. But you don't you don't necessarily just base the threat modeling totally on the high high risk, because even low risk, dependent, you can, and that could be even subjective, even low risk can easily be in, impacted and can cause damage to an organization. I mean, you may identify an asset, say, hey, this asset is low, a low risk, and but then it may end up being a high risk and have a high impact to the organization um, and right. to the organization's reputation, depending on, on what type of attack is executed on that asset. Okay, yeah. And so then in a situation where maybe an organization has limited resources, that risk assessment allows you to understand wh where to start, right? That exactly. it provides you with a, an informed decision-making process, right? So the goal is to minimize all risk, but understanding where to start is really important. Yes, that's exactly correct. Especially with uh, a lot of organizations do have limited resources and 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 where they do not have the budget to where they can get more expensive tools and everything to com combat these types of threats. So that's that's why uh, with threat modeling. It's not a one structure that fits all. It depends on the organization and the, and the amount of resources, but it should be implemented into part of the organization's business processes in order to protect the organization. And then let's talk about prevention. How do you use all of this information to prevent future risk? Or to try to prevent future risk. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed it out because prevention is nonstop. You have to actively work on prevention. It's it's like on a continual basis. It's not something that you just can do it once and hey and not look at it. So yes, um, the first step is you have to value. Okay, say for instance, for your network. Uh, look to make sure your firewall settings hardening your firewalls on your network. And one of the biggest threats we have is internal threats with organizations, which is your people. You need to have um, security training. Make sure that the people within your organization are up to date on security training, because that's that's where a lot of the biggest threats come from. And, and it's usually users inadvertently either where there's clicking links, where there's um, social engineering. Social engineering has gotten to be more of a problematic as far as with threats. So that's one of the things is education and awareness with your users because your your people are one of your biggest preventive methods. There are a lot of various tools that you can use um, for um, preventing threats, and that could be whatever um, detection tool you want to use uh, to look at the behavior. And once you identify the behavior, you can use in any type of tool to um, prevent that and actually I say prevent which means actively reducing the impact that um, these threats can have on your organization so that's what you're what you're focusing on once you identify those threats the next step with prevent is you um, make sure you have secure coding make sure that in your code if you're if, whether it's, it's in your web browser or or if you're your software tool make sure that there are no vulnerabilities and holes within your code and make sure that 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 is up to date so that's another thing that you can do for preventative methods but there's a lot of various ways depending on the organization um, that that you can use to prevent these threats but i will say internal threats is one of the biggest things that that um, impacts organizations now for users if you have users that are using the same type of network multi-factor authentication is 
is something that reduces attacks for users for um, single logon, especially if they're logging on and a accessing organization resources to where they, if they're logging on, say for instance, they're logging on to access the organization's portals, you need to have multi-factor authentication. And, and that goes beyond SIM. That goes beyond have a SMS, you know, using SMS, you know, as far as two-factor authentication. You, you need to enforce something such as um, even having keys such as hardware tokens. And that, that's one of the things you, you can do for preventative techniques as, as well. I love it. A lot of great information that you've shared with us today, Tanisha. Thank you so much for being here. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. To find products and solutions related to threat modeling, we invite you to visit rsaconference.com forward slash marketplace. Here you'll find an entire ecosystem of cybersecurity vendors and service providers who can assist with your specific needs. Please keep the conversation going on your social channels using the hashtag RSAC and be sure to visit rsaconference.com for new content posted year-round. Until next time.